Hey, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim Cockrum. And I've got a guest today, which means we typically turn on the video cameras, which I did today, although there weren't a lot of visuals. Uh, She does show us a copy of one of the books that she's written. But if you're listening only, you should know we've got a YouTube channel as well. If you want to come check out, see what my office looks like. But most people just listen and that's fine too. But today our guest has built a pretty cool Amazon business. She's got multiple income streams as well. She's been in our community for a good while now. She actually started off selling on eBay. Her name's Vicki. She lives in Florida with her husband. They both served in the military. So we were grateful for that today on the show. But let's just bounce around. Here's some of the things we talked about so you kind of know what to expect. She's having some success with bundles. She learned that concept from the Proven Amazon course. Uh, She's a homeschool mom. So there's that aspect. We don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but we have a lot of homeschool families in our community. She's using virtual assistants that she's hired from the Philippines to help her grow her business and manage her business. And we talk a little bit about how inexpensive it can be to bring really high quality help onto your team. And the money you send them spends significantly larger in the Philippines than it does in the United States. So for example, $5 that you send them spends like about 50 there. So it's a really great win-win strategy to bring some Filipino virtual assistants on your team. They love working for US-based companies for that reason. It's a great match. We talk about her using a prep center to help her business grow. We'll stick a link in the show notes, by the way, to all the resources on that we'll mention today. But we've got a free prep center network, a list of all the prep centers that we know of, where you can send your inventory, they'll manage it for you, sending it into Amazon for you. So you don't have to prep it all in your own house. Uh, We talk about her KDP business, that's Kindle Direct Publishing. I mentioned she's written a couple books. She's written a couple low content books, like journals, that sort of thing. That's one of the courses that we teach. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. And she's in our coaching program as well. She's got a coach on our team. After coming to a couple of our live events, she picked up one of our coaches and she's doing really well with that. Very excited about where that's going. So she talks some about that and a handful of other things as well. So that's some of what you can expect today. But I think one of the things that stood out to me today too was we really processed through what it's like to be one of these multiple income stream entrepreneurs involved in several small projects, kind of got at any given time, three or four things up in the air that you're juggling with your business while still focusing in on the parts of your business that are required to make every month work on the budget. Like you've got to sell some things. You got to have these projects you're hoping work out. Plus what's your bread and butter? And her bread and butter is just like so many people on this podcast, selling physical products on Amazon using FBA, shipping it into Amazon, Amazon pays her when it sells. She's got about a $250,000 business last year. This year, she's on track to go past half a million at a 35% profit margin. So you can do the math on that. She's doing well, having fun, building a team, growing as a leader, as an author, just a lot of cool, exciting projects in the works. So it was cool hanging out with her. And I think you're going to enjoy our interview. Hopefully you find as much motivation and and information and content as I did from this episode. I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, one last thing before we go, I forgot to remind you at the end of the episode today, as I'm recording this introduction after the fact, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this show. Share our show with others. That's how we grow. Send your friends to silentgym.com. That's the only link you'll ever need as a fan of this show. You can subscribe there as well for alerts 
If you go to silentgym.com updates, you can get alerts on your smartphone each time we have a new episode or a special announcement. Just a few pings per week, we'll send it straight to your smartphone and you can stay up to date on what we've got going on around here. So without any further announcements needed, let's jump over and meet Vicky Scooter. You're going to enjoy this. So Vicky, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jim. I'm so glad to be here today. Great to have you. Really looking forward to this. I want to jump right into your story and hear what thoughts you have for us today. Sure, sure. Thank you. So I've been with Amazon since 2017. So a little over four years now. Right. And my my path to get here has been a little bit crazy, a little chaotic um, in a good way. Nothing bad. But my life has kind of always been a little bit unusual, I think. I'm retired military, retired Air Force. Oh, thank and you for serving. Thank you. Thank you. My husband's also Navy. So we're, we're very much a military family. And I'm also a classroom teacher. I retired from teaching just a couple of years ago. So I taught middle school and I taught um, a little bit at the college level history. So that's been a lot of fun, but I've, I've kind of always had a parallel career going on. But my parents, um, I grew up in the restaurant business. My parents were entrepreneurs, my mom very much. So she's always kind of had a a side business and crafts and always doing her thing. And, you know, as a kid growing up, it's just always interesting to kind of follow along with that with the family business. So when I was just getting ready to start grad school, I was out of the Air Force. My mom wanted to kind of re-up one of her businesses. And she used to make handles, handcrafted candles. So I said, well, let's do this together. Let's do a business, mom. <laughs> you know, just handcrafted of... handles, you said? Candles, candles. Candles, sorry. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm glad we clarified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I know so, what a candle is. <laughs> <laughs> let's, do can- let's do this, mom. So we actually did. We started a business together. And did that for a few years years together. And then I went off, I moved away to start a new job and she kept up with the business. So my life kind of sidetracked a little bit. I got married, had a baby, finished up school, retired from the Air Force, um, went back to teaching, moved around a little bit. And in the meantime, my husband had got me hooked on eBay. So I had a little baby at home. It's like, I wasn't working. He said, well, let's try this. We've got all kinds of stuff around the house. Now, when would have this been? About what year are we talking? A this would have been day. about my son is 12 now. So about okay. 2008-ish is yeah, when he got sure. me into eBay. Sure. And so you, you've been selling stuff online for a, for a good number of years now. I That's have. a long time in, in internet years. Yes, yes. And that was back in the day when, well, let me just back up a second. I tend to get a little bit of addicted when I get these ideas. And my husband was kind of egging me on. He's like, you know, let's try this. Let's try this. And he used to be really good at it. So I kind of took that as a challenge. <laughs> and this was back in the day when they still had power seller. I don't know if they still do that anymore. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think been, that, you still see that term floating around here. And yeah. There, and they have the nice icons on there. Yeah, so I was a power like, seller back in the day. We wore that yeah. badge with pride, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and get the certificates. I'm like, all right, honey, I can do this. So I was a power seller. Loved it. Really loved it. And then we decided to move back home to Florida and decided to move down to Key West. So we've been in, in Key, Key West, West now. now? For, Key West now. We've been here for about 10 and a half years. I was in Key Largo there for quite a while, actually. Were you? Stories. Yeah, I went to Coral okay. Shores High School. Key West oh was a big gosh. rival. Yeah, <laughs> right up the road, right up the yes. road. Yeah, so we're down in um, Cudjo. Okay. And when we decided to move down here, um, my husband was going to do kind of a specialized assignment in the maritime industry. So I decided, well, we decided it's I need to go back to work for a little bit. So I went back to teaching. 
and still kept up with eBay. I dragged all my stuff down here with us to the Keys, which was a lot because I had all this physical inventory and I just really enjoyed it. When I was teaching, I had always loved teaching, still enjoyed teaching, but I also knew that it was going to be a little bit of a time to kind of move on. Things were changing in education. I kind of saw, you know, the pendulum just comes back and forth a little bit and you see what's happening in education. And um, I was sitting by the pool one day with my son. He was in swim practice and I was listening to a lot of different podcasts and trying to think, what can I do? I really like eBay, but is there anything else out there? Didn't even really know about Amazon and listened to one after another, found your podcast started looking up more about Amazon thinking, hey, this is really kind of neat. I wanted to get away from a lot of that physical inventory because it's just, it's cumbersome. So I ended up talking with my husband about it, got, found the MST community, fell in love. I mean, what a resource right there. Just wonderful, wonderful resource. Yeah, for those who don't know, she's talking about our free Facebook group, link at silentgym.com. Feel free mm -hmm. to join us. Yeah, we're up to about 67,000 now. Do you ever remember what size it was when you found this? I don't, but I do know it's grown exponentially. It's it's growing. It's such a great group. Yeah, so this would have been 2017. Okay, probably around 40,000 or so. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just phenomenal. I, I just yeah. can't get over how much information is out there and how helpful everybody is. So between that, your podcast, and just kind of knowing wanted, knowing that I wanted to shift gears again, still loving eBay, still enjoying e-commerce, I then said to my husband, I said, you know what? I really need to look at this proven Amazon course. <laughs> I really need to look at this. And he was so supportive. He was great. So got involved with that. And I started with your traditional RA, so retail arbitrage, just to get my feet wet. Had a lot of fun with it. The problem down here, though, is it's a very small town. Our closest Walmart is three hours away. And um, Really? There's no Walmart in the Keys yet. Oh, no. And the huh. Keys are fighting that. They they don't want Walmart down here. They, so, well, yeah, to their own detriment. You and I could yeah. probably talk Keys politics and have some fun and bore the <laughs> listeners to death. But I was actually no. down there again for a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, there's just I was surprised at how little there is there still. I, I was there's, there in the late 80s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, no, it's been longer ago than that, mid-80s, if I'm going to yeah. be honest. It's just there for vacation, but maybe that's a good, you know, the thing that benefits the listeners as we talk this through is there's just not a lot of options. It's little small trinket shops and, you know, tourist trap type right. stores, right? Not a lot else there. Yeah, for we sourcing. have some, we have some, we have a, for example, like a small TJ Maxx. Um, we've right. got some Walgreens, drug CBS stores, things like that. Yeah. Grocery stores, of course, I say, I remember the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the Winn-Dixie. Oh yeah, right. Dixie. <laughs> when that's a, that we don't have those up here. No, when Dixie's up there, and any you know southerner would probably recognize Publix too. We've got two right in Key West, so we have right. some options. Sure. So it was enough for me to learn retail arbitrage, have a lot of fun with it, mix it up with a little bit of online arbitrage. But really, when it came to RA, I would hit up Jacksonville because I'm from Jacksonville, which is in the Northeast Coast, and that's where my parents are. My husband's family's on the West Coast and the Gulf Coast. I said West Coast of Florida. So every time I went up to see family, I would load up the truck from my runs to you know Walmart and Target and wherever I can go and then bring it on back down here to the Keys. So I learned it that way. And our house was filling up very quickly. And it was just a matter of, you know, again, back to this physical inventory. And I, I didn't mind that so much. I just didn't have a place to put it. 
brought in some help. I had a wonderful, wonderful lady that came in and prepped for me two or three times a week. And that was fantastic. Got to know the UPS guys really, really well. But still, I knew I kind of needed to get away from that. And it's just, it's a lot. And I know you've kind of seen that whole process when you have a lot of the boxes around and nowhere to put anything. So I started getting more involved with the community. I went to the first conference. The first conference I heard about was Orlando. And that was right after Hurricane Irma came and blew us wow. away down here. Yeah, so that we was your had first to, one. That was high was, stress. Hey, the keys was, got, no, not as bad as they were supposed to, but you got hit really hard. We did. And the eye of the storm came right down our neighborhood. So we actually wow. fared okay, considering that in roof damage. Yeah, because be it, it swung west over the keys, right? And then came back. Mm-hmm east over like the Tampa area or mm-hmm. Orlando area where we were. It's like, right, it if did. I remember correctly, because it, it hit did. Because where you are, all... where we were too. Yeah, yeah, both areas, because we had to leave and my husband is military DOD. So we had to go to a specific location in Orlando. That was our de- designated spot. So of course I'm thinking shopping, 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 <laughs> hoping that I still have a house to come back to. But, but while everything I was, was Orlando, closed, wasn't it? While you were, the, the mm-hmm. state emptied out. Wow, that's crazy. Because we were down in Orlando and, you know, I have to keep in mind the listeners are listening to us too as we go through this, but I think they'll find this interesting. Just the the timeline of this is, you know, we were on vacation in the Orlando area. That's where our event was going to be. And they told us to get out of here. Mm -hmm. So you guys were fleeing Key West, coming a couple hundred miles north or what is that, about 300 miles, something like that, Mm -hmm. north. And we were getting out of the state altogether, all the way up to Atlanta. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't really as bad as for Orlando area as everyone yeah, was. Yeah, a lot of rain. And and I kept thinking about you guys because, it, you know, your world was so new to me. And it was the first time I've heard, it was CES at the time when you yeah. called it CES. Our conference was CES, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to crash it so bad, but that wasn't really practical. But uh, we did end up leaving Orlando and going up to Jacksonville for that very reason. They really wanted to move us and you know, Jacksonville was home, so it was okay. So we ended up relocating again to Jacksonville. But in that process, I did end up learning more about PAC, getting involved with the course. I was doing a lot of coursework. And I was also learning a little bit about working with wholesalers. So I was doing some of the wholesale. I don't remember if you had a course with wholesale then or if I just started digging into it separately. But I remember sitting in that hotel room in Orlando watching the news on TV about the storm, putting in my very first wholesale order <laughs> with my first company. Wow. And just determined, I really wanted to do it. And um, learned about um, a trade show up in Atlanta. I know they travel, but it, in Atlanta, it's the Atlanta market. I know Dallas has a big market. And these are home goods, big kind of decor trade shows, um, mm-hmm. a little bit different than the one that they do out in Vegas. So this is just a little bit more of a like home and gift kind of thing. So wrangled my mom into that one. And we ended up going up to Atlanta that following summer to go to that trade show. So I just started really getting more and more involved, involved with the community, looking at other options, looking how else I can expand. And I'm trying to think of even the timeline now because you know, it seems like a blur. It's not that long of a time when you look at the big picture, but I did end up going to the conference in Champaign. Didn't know anybody, not a single person. Recognized all these names on in the Facebook group and thinking, wow, if I meet any of these people, how cool would that be? You know, I just, I didn't know anybody. So I flew out there and it was amazing. It was amazing. I met some friends there the first day. We still, to this day, that was 
two, three years ago now, two years ago, I can't even remember. We three, still Zoom three, yeah. every two weeks. That, so this that's amazing. Us, I hear that so it. often. Mm-hmm. Like you can go in our Facebook group for two, three, four, five years. But then when you finally do a live event and get together with them, it doesn't have to be our live event, just any reason to get together with those people from that community we've attracted. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of overlap in yeah. just the the way entrepreneurs see the world, especially mm-hmm. internet entrepreneurs, especially people that are doing Amazon or eBay or, you know, selling physical products online. But it, there's something about this group that's so special when you actually meet and gather in person, like these lifelong long relationships seem to form so quickly. And yeah, people they just really gravitate to each other and do they life do. together from that point forward. I wonder, part of it is, you know, we we work alone in so many cases, or yeah. even if we have a team, they're not it's necessarily with us. Mm-hmm. It is, but I don't feel that way anymore. I honestly don't. Mm-hmm. I don't, like many of us, we tend to be a little bit more introverted. I don't mind being alone, but it really is great to be able to pick up the phone or at any time there's so many people that you meet along this journey. And it's been, it's been amazing. I've just learned things I'd never would have thought about during that particular conference. I remember going to Jenny Hunt's um, session on KDP. I was just and talking to her a couple of days ago. She's doing some some new creative work for us. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't awesome wait to see family. what she's up to. Yeah. yeah. So I just, she was so much fun. Her presentation was great. She took us on that field trip to Barnes and Noble, which we don't have that down here either. So any field trip to Barnes and Noble is a great day for me. But the idea she had, I was so excited that, and I talked to a couple of other people, but on the plane home from that trip back to Florida, I sketched out my first book and it was a children's workbook. It was all about Christmas, community service, and how to get kids involved with community service. And I was catching that out on the plane and this lady sitting next to me, she's like, what are you doing? You look really excited. So I was telling her all about this conference. So I got that one published within a couple of months after getting home, published another journal. Um, it was an entrepreneur's journal um, within a couple of minutes getting home and, and got pretty addicted to KDP as well. So that was another piece, I think, of kind of expanding out to these multiple streams. And I didn't even think about, I never even really thought about the term multiple streams of income right. per se until listening to Ryan and Ryan Rieger and Jenny and, you know, kind of going through the through some of their courses. I got involved with merch and I don't do a lot of merch now, but I did for a while and still have some designs up there that still sell. I don't do anything with them. I just get that check every month. And that's pretty sweet to see that passive income come in. But all along, even though I was still doing some of these other side gigs, I guess, if you want to call them, I still focused on FBA. That was my favorite. So getting the products in, turning more towards the combination of wholesale and private label, kind of private label that easy way. And working with my suppliers, working with the wholesalers, figuring out which ones will let me repackage, which ones, you know, would let me switch things up a little bit. And right now, that's pretty much most of what I do. I do very little RA anymore. Some replenishables with things I've had for a really long time that just seems silly to let go. You know, you see it when you're out about you like, oh, I can't, I can't not do that. I can't not grab that up. But right. most of what I do now is through working with wholesalers, working with private label, love writing listings. That's one of my favorite things to do is just write listings, get creative with those. And I expanded last year. My husband deployed last year. He was in Bahrain for a year. So while he was away for a year, 
And that's tough. And my son is 12 now, so it's a tough time to leave. But that's when I decided, all right, I'm going to niche down a little bit more. And there was a particular area that really had done well for me. I'm waiting for the hiccups to happen, any little things that have to be fixed up. But it's been a lot of fun. It really has been a lot of fun so well, far. I'm, I'm loving your story so far. And I'm trying to listen through the ears of you know the questions I'd like to ask versus I think there might be some new listeners in our audience who are like, what'd you just say? What's that? So what I'm going to do is pause you for a second and talk about mm-hmm. some of the things that you've dropped and ask you some more detail on some of those things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned KDP. Kindle Direct Mm -hmm. Publishing, Mm -hmm. publishing simple, small books. I'd love to hear how that went. That's one of the courses that we teach. I believe it's in the Proven Amazon course now, but it talks Mm -hmm. about how to create even low content books. Mm -hmm. And uh, if not, there'll be a link in the show notes. I can't remember if we've added it into the Proven Amazon course yet. You called it the pack, which is what we call it around here because there's so many modules in there. If it's not in there, I'll put a link to it. But Jenny does a brilliant job of talking through how to create books fairly rapidly. So I'd want to hear how that went for you. You talked about merch. There's a module in the Proven Amazon course. That's just t-shirt designs. And that's just, you know, mailbox money is our, our coaching director, Nathan. always <laughs> like, hey, wait, another check for work I did a long time ago. I don't know of many people who are making a full-time living with merch. Mm-hmm. It's kind of swamped at this point. But if you got a f- few cool t-shirt designs out there, we do have a module that teaches you how to do that. You talked about private label, the easy way. And if you'll bear with me, Vicky, for just a minute, I want to kind of explain to people what that is. That is basically just taking product out of one package and putting it into another one with your own label on it. We teach that strategy. Now for long-term, if that starts to take off for you, you really want to get it trademarked and branded and because other people can just swoop in and do the same thing. But that's a strategy we teach, right? Mm -hmm. In the Proven Amazon course. And I'd love to hear how that went for you as Mm -hmm. well. I think that gets us pretty up to speed. You sound like one of these people who's like, I can, you're very articulate as well, by the way. I can tell you do a lot of talking in front of other people, teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, communicating your point very well. So you're doing Thank a you. tremendous job. But I want to hear a little more detail on how these projects went for you and and what you're excited about now then is, and maybe the next segment as we move into that. But talk to me about the KDP. How'd that book do for you? I'm very curious mm-hmm. specifically on that one. So KDP, the first one I did, as I had mentioned, it was, it was more of a workbook. So it was... Sure. Not so much a um, like a printable or anything like that. It was designed for kids to be able to write into it. And it didn't take long to put together once I had the ideas that I right. sketched out. It, it's a so, low content book by design. That's that's the, the course that we offer. So there's not a lot in there. There's a lot of blank space for people to feel like journals and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. There's, there's big opportunity there. There is. It, it was a lot of fun to do it. And I did my own graphics on that one. Nothing super fancy. I mean, this is for kids. You know, it didn't have to be particularly, yeah. you know, amazing. But the feedback was phenomenal. And it was once I published it, I originally had thought, well, kids, like, you know, maybe five to eight years old, you know, younger kids who are learning about community service and who want to, the title includes something about getting on Santa's good list, you know, kind of just a guaranteed spot. Oh, you can give us the name of if it's still for sale. We, uh, we it is. Like- it's on Amazon. Yes. 24 days till Christmas. How to guarantee a spot on Santa's good list. Oh, I love it. How so, creative. And um, it did really, really well last year or the first year. Last year was COVID. So it was a little bit trickier with COVID. I did sell well last year, but I think everybody was a little bit discombobulated last year with a lot going on. So yeah, sure. I didn't didn't worry about it too much, but it's already out there this year. And I think it's going to do fine again this year. The second one I did was um, an entrepreneur's journal. And that was really a lot of 
quotes, public domain quotes that I had put together specifically with entrepreneurs in mind so that they can go through and look at a quote, be inspired, and then think about what can they do in their day to either rise to this occasion or to correct something that maybe they were I don't want to say doing incorrectly, but maybe they didn't think about or, you know, just some just some of our famous people through history. I'm the history girl here. That's great. So I put Can that I put together. you on the spot and ask for maybe a couple of your favorites? You don't have to nail them, but it was curious. What pops to your head? Or do you have a copy of the book you can even show us? That'd be great. For those of you who watched on YouTube, she's not watching. She just went to her shelf and there's a copy. What's the title of it so people can find it? It's right here. Entrepreneur, the uh, Entrepreneur Journal. The Entrepreneur's Journal. And it's quotes like, assure only what you can and are willing to deliver. It's that simple. Is there something that you've been promising the needs that needs to be fulfilled? Take this opportunity to make it happen. And that was Benjamin Franklin. So, he has um, some golden nuggets. He's a good guy to go. And it's all public domain now too, right? It's all public domain, yeah. This one, Shakespeare. Sometimes you will be faced with unsolicited advice about your business. In some cases, the tips may be valuable. In other cases, the advice may work against your goals, if not altogether dismissive. Who are your devils in business? What strategies can you put in place to conquer them? I I had no idea that Shakespeare gave business advice. I'd never... That sounds like a guy I want to look into a little bit. I I mean, we're all familiar with his plays, of course, but I didn't know he gave any business advice. He did, he did. Well, I I don't know if I'd necessarily classify it business per se, but if you really look at a lot of our... Really any leader today... You can apply so much to business and, you know, you can really look all around you and find ideas in your business and how to apply it. I mean, it could be an artist that puts something out there. I probably have an artist in the book. I don't remember. Oh, for um, sure. Well, but I, I will love, say this. It's such a creative idea. I'm going to have to pick up a copy. Or would you send me a copy? I'll send you a copy. Absolutely. Send me a signed copy. That's one of the benefits of being a podcast show host. I get a lot of copies of free signed <laughs> books. <laughs> I'll send you three ones because I just, this one I'm super excited about for KDP. And I didn't mention this before. I had started a picture book just before COVID. And then right after COVID started, actually right before COVID started, I decided, my husband and I decided to pull my son out of school. He was struggling a little bit with school and I loved his school. It was a school that I taught in, loved the school, loved his teachers. They were all very good friends of mine, but he just, he had some needs that, that were, he was just falling behind. He was really struggling with math, things like that. So I decided to homeschool him. I had already left the classroom by then. So it was no problem. And I was working at home. So I I enjoyed the opportunity. He was all for it. He just, he didn't want to go to school frustrated anymore. So I took a little bit of time, put Amazon on the back burner, kind of as much as I could at that time, needed to really get him squared away. And I put this book on the back burner as well. But this book, picture book, was the first time I hired an illustrator. This was an experience. I don't hear a lot about it. I got the idea from talking to a wonderful couple at conference. And I ended up going on Fiverr and found an illustrator. She was in the Philippines who does the most beautiful watercolor work. And this book is about a little red farm truck. So she did the illustrations and, you know, they also got, of course, wrapped up in COVID. There was so much going on. This book took forever. But finally, just a few days ago, it's published. It's now published. I'm expecting my first copy in the mail today or tomorrow. I'm so, so proud and excited about this one. Not even because of the story. The story's fun, but it's the illustrations. I would love to be an artist and I'm not. (laughs) So to have somebody else 
I think bring to life an idea you have. To me, that was a really, really cool experience. And I want to do that again. That was a lot of fun. Let me ask you, this isn't a question you probably normally get when you're from like, if you're at a party with friends, they wouldn't ask you this. But for this episode, I think it's very relevant. Mm-hmm. What did you pay to have that book illustrated? Like, what was your expense? And you're obviously excited about the art. Mm-hmm. You love how it came together. And, and I don't know what the number is going to be, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are thinking, wow, that must, that sounds expensive. Have a really good artist illustrate your book. What did you end up paying for that? Well, I'll tell you this before I tell you what I paid, and I don't mind sharing that. Working with the Philippines, I think it's important to understand there's there's a big difference in our exchange rates. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. and I don't, I'll, I don't, I'll even do that part for you so you don't have to struggle sure. through it because mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with the fact mm-hmm. that a $5 bill spends like a $50 bill. Mm-hmm. U.S. currency. It just right. does. I mean, there's people it's, down there that uh, there's doctors making six, seven, eight dollars an hour professionally, mm-hmm. went to a university, have mm-hmm. their medical degree, mm-hmm. and they're as competent as a U.S. doctor making mm-hmm. seven, eight dollars an hour. And that's how they're feeding their family. And they're excited. For they that are. Career. They are. Right. And I have, I've got five VAs right now, virtual assistants. Four of them are in the Philippines. And Sometimes I, you know, I guess in the beginning, I felt bad because of that exchange rate. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not paying them enough, but I am. And I know I am, but I have to get past that. But back to the book, I paid altogether probably about $450 to have it illustrated. And I would love to recoup that. But if I never do, just the fact that I published the book and it was my first true children's book, and it's such a beautiful piece of art. I am so excited. I would pay to double. I mean, it was just, it was a great experience. So it was well worth, I mean, she was a blessing to me. And this particular book that I, that is coming out, Rosie, the the farm truck, I want to do another one. I'm just so thrilled about that. So I think there's a lot you can do with KDP. And I know people talk about printables and the low content books. And I think that's fantastic. And there's a lot out there too, but I think you can do more also. Pardon the brief interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I want to tell you about our latest sponsor, Celix.com. By the time you finish listening to this episode, a new competitor could have come on the scene and start selling on Amazon. How are you going to beat them? Well, having a great product may not be enough anymore. You need a great pay-per-click campaign as well. That's what Celix does, PPC analysis. That's why Celix has teamed up with leading global pay-per-click experts to create the best Amazon PPC evaluation tool in the industry. And it's available for free to listeners of this show if you go to Celix.com slash silent sales. That's Celix, S-E-L-L-I-C-S dot com slash silent sales. This evaluation tool is built on aggregated and anonymized Amazon PPC data representing over $2.5 billion in ad spend across 170,000 products. It's been tested a lot. Every month, you'll get an email that breaks down your advertising performance, compares it to the competition in your category, and shows you the exact changes you should make in order to improve any underperforming ASINs. This will help lower your ad spend. Plus, all listeners of this show who use the tool also qualify for a free bonus call with an expert, a PPC expert. That's a $400 value. So get your campaigns evaluated. Claim your call today for free by visiting sellix.com slash silent sales. That's S-E-L-L-I-C-S dot com slash silent sales. Let's get back to the show. 
So I think there's a lot you can do with KDP. And I know people talk about printables and the low content books. And I think that's fantastic. And there's a lot out there too, but I think you can do more also. Oh, absolutely. If you've got a project that's on your heart, there's never been a better time. And Mm -hmm. I've talked about earlier episodes of this podcast. I talked quite a bit about it, not so much lately, but just the power of being an author. You're now an expert. You know, I mean, I just even this past Sunday at our church, we had a, a young man spoke at our church because he had written a book on a topic. And our pastor even said, like, we brought in an expert. I mean, he wrote a book on it. So he's got to be like, he said it almost in jest. And the guy really knew his stuff, but right. we're still there. I don't know if that'll be true 100 years from now. But right now, if you wrote a book, you're kind of the expert and it opens up so many doors that otherwise wouldn't have. So now you're a published children's book author. No one's going to go like, what are your credentials? You know, they're going to say, wow, you published a children's book that you must know a lot about children and entertaining them and how to communicate to them. And they're going to assume all of these things, whether they're true or not, they're going to assume them because Mm -hmm. you wrote a book. Right. So congratulations. I I want to get a copy of that one too, if I could. I I wish you had a copy to hold up and show us today for those who are listening only. We don't have a copy yet. It sounds like it it hasn't arrived yet, but. No, I should get that copy today. But no, it's funny and it's ironic because when I was still teaching middle school and I I loved those kids, I love that age, but the kids knew that I loved to write and they kept telling me, you know, "Um, Miss Cutter, when are you going to, when are you going to publish a book? When are you going to publish a book? My assumption was always that I would publish something that was more young adult you know, something more appropriate for a teenage level. So when I came out with a picture book, they're like, what? That's cool. Where'd that come from? I don't know. It just came to me. And it came to That's me. so great. So, so tell us the elevator version of the story, like this farm truck. What mm-hmm. happens? What's the lesson? What are we doing here? So Rosie is um, just kind of a, a, I wanted a girly girl truck. I wanted a girly truck and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's trucks everywhere and I know boys play with girls toys and girls play with boys toys and I get all that, but I just really wanted a, a little truck with big eyelashes and blue eyes and a little bit of pink on her because you don't see it a lot out there for girls. So she's kind of going about her day. She's on the farm. She's got the animals. And then the mayor calls her in, needs her help. There's a storm coming. And there's a train that's coming through town that gets trapped and stuck because of the storm. And I can't give away what the surprise is, but there are some travelers on the train who need some help in order to save Christmas. So Rosie and her farm friends, the farm animals, they gather together and she's really nervous about doing this task that she's been giving. She doesn't feel like she has the confidence to do it. And then the farmer, who is kind of her mentor, helps her realize that she's very capable of doing this task that he he's given her and that she ultimately has this kind of confidence boost by the end of the story and makes some new friends and goes on to help save Christmas. Man, that sounds great. Yeah. I love it. I miss that season. My kids, if I sat down to read it with any of them now, they'd be like, oh, dad, because <laughs> they're all older. But that sounds like such a great kids book, nighttime, bedtime story kind of thing. That's great. So yeah. yeah, I want a copy of that one too. And that. listeners Absolutely. need to pick it up. Give us the title again so, so people can grab it. But hopefully maybe even in time for Christmas, we get this episode out in time. Hopefully it's called Rosie the Farm Truck. Rosie the Very Farm simple. Truck. Rosie the Farm Truck. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep. And did you ever, you know, I, I want to make sure one of the seeds I want to plant in the listeners' minds right now as we're thinking through this is like, well, yeah, she taught school. So she's mm-hmm. qualified to write a children's book. She's qualified to write a business journal because she has a business. Like, 
no one came along and said, hey, guess what? You're not qualified or you are qualified at any point. You just decided to do these things, right? Mm -hmm. And that's so true, Jim. And I think a lot of people, you know, we all do it. You know, there's a little bit of that, I guess, imposter syndrome. Like who who might think that I'm as good? Exactly. Even something like teaching, sure, I'm a good writer. I do pat myself on the back. I had an amazing middle school teacher 100 years ago when I went through that and (laughs) she taught me to write. But I'll tell you what, this book could easily be on a kindergarten, first grade level. Kindergartners terrify me. They really do. I've never taught school with little ones like that. So the idea that I could write a book for kindergartners, I don't know where this came from. I am in small groups. They're pretty scary. I can handle them one at a time. Yeah, I I don't. That's not something that I'm trained to do. I like I said, I give me the older kids. I've taught college. Give me that level. So this kind of came out of nowhere. And maybe that's why it was so much fun for me. I didn't feel the pressure, perhaps if I really was writing that book for my middle schoolers who would be so critical and they would really critique it. I don't know. I don't expect little ones to critique this. I don't know. And same thing with the entrepreneur's journal that I put out there. That's just experience. And I think anybody can do anything. You can take, in my case, I use these quotes, but you could take a set of quotes and then just apply it to maybe you're a nurse, maybe you're a college student, maybe you're you know doing something different in your life. I mean, you can you can do anything. And yeah. as far as being the excerpt expert, if it's something you want to do badly enough, you're going to figure out a way to learn it. You get on Google, get on the internet. If you want it bad enough, you can do it. You sound like, you know, I'm just kind of processing who it is that I'm, that I'm getting to know today along with the listeners. And uh, you sound like one of these people that do you have like a journal by your bed where you're like, Ooh, Ooh, idea. Oh, I can't sleep. Ooh, I just thought of this. You sound like one of those types of, of like always a handful of projects that kind of running through your head. And, and, and how do you manage that? I don't know if I've ever asked anyone that, cause I'm that way. And you don't have to be that way to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but so many of us are mm-hmm. like, how do you manage like, okay, today I'm going to tackle. Mm-hmm. these three of the 40 projects that I think are <laughs> worth my time and attention, right? Like talk me through that or have I, you not perfected it yet? Cause I haven't. I, I have not perfected it. I would love to say I have a beautiful journal by the side of my bed. I don't, I have a lot of sticky pads. So <laughs> I just have sticky notes. That's my everywhere, that's, you know, everywhere. notes here, notes yeah, yes, here. Notes you know, everywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, this is the I, stuff I hope to get done today that I won't even look at till next Thursday. Kind of, exactly, yeah, that's how exactly. I am. I just keep reading. I do have some notebooks. They're nothing fancy, just spiral bound books that I grabbed from my son. But I, I do write a lot of ideas down. Otherwise, I'll forget them. I will forget them. It's terrible. I will forget it. But I have gotten really good at what I just think of as laser focus. And I think when your personality like I am, like you say, you are my son's the same way. You've got all these, like my mom, I get it honest from my mom. You know, there's all these ideas going on. I realized quickly when I started with my business with Amazon and I started working with VAs that if I didn't be very specific on what had to be done, then too much would get done. So even when I decided to niche down into my area that I focus on now with Amazon, I had to learn how to say no to a lot of other things and put things on the back burner because otherwise it's that typical shiny object syndrome. And we all get it, I think, as entrepreneurs to different levels. But if I let all that take over my day, I'm not going to get anything done. And I I, had a really specific goal on what I wanted to do as far as I have a good quote on that point before we move too far off of it the the saying no all the time. It's, I can't remember. I actually put it in one of the versions of Silent Sales Machine at one point. I can't remember who said it now, but. Uh, maybe it was Jack Welch, 
probably not, but someone who with a lot of success in business said the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no constantly. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, you've got to learn to just turn off those voices and distractions and those good ideas and the number of people that call and say, hey, I've got a really good idea. I want to sit down and, and, uh, you know, what do they always say? It's like, uh, pick your brain. Mm -hmm. No, I can't do that. Could you summarize it for me in a paragraph and I'll get back to you when I can. And I'd love that lunch sometime, but Mm -hmm. I don't have time for good ideas. I have time for right ideas only. Mm -hmm. No, I think there's a lot to that. And, you know, it just, it takes a lot of active consideration about your time, a lot of active thinking. And I remember my husband, when he got home from Bahrain, he'd been gone a year. Now, thank God for the internet and um, Zoom and WhatsApp and all these things, because we were able to stay in contact quite regularly, despite the time distance. But when he came home, I've been working at home. You know, I've got my setup, kind of my group, my thing working with my son, he's set up next to me, homeschooling. And I had to tell my husband, I said, hey, please understand that from nine to five, this is what I'm doing. You know, I can't do X, Y, and Z. And please don't be offended because he was home on leave for a little while after that. I said, just please understand this. This is my focus. This is what's got to get done. And it is hard sometimes to say no. It's, it's easy to get distracted. Yeah. Well, here's a little tip. I don't know if you've ever tried this or not. Do you, do you listen to anything while you work when you like got to be focused? I don't. I am I am one of the only people I know who loses focus if I listen to music, for example. Well, not music. Function. Not mm-hmm. music. It, it distracts me as well. Have you You're ever tried putting, brown like, noise? Have you ever tried brown noise? Mm-mm. Try brown noise. Just go on YouTube and type in brown noise. It's like the, uh, I describe it as the the low end of the sound of a wave. Like okay. you got the high end staticky sound, like the, the high end, you got the at the low end. It's like that soothing low end of a wave almost. I can focus in so much longer and, and I'm like, the world goes away and I can just pound through work. Just give it a shot. And maybe the listeners too, let us know what you think. But I've found a lot of us, I got my mom turned on to it. She actually mm-hmm. sleeps to it. A lot of people sleep to that, mm-hmm. that tone, but um, it really turns off all the outside noise and distractions and help. I think those of us who kind of bounce around in our brain a lot, suddenly we're able to do just one thing focused for an extended period of time. And I'm, I'm much more productive. I can pound through the work that way. Just give it a I shot. Let me know what you sure. think, but, I will do that. Um, well, I, I want to get back onto the Amazon. You know, this is a primarily an Amazon seller podcast. I like to drift into the stories of the sellers that we mm-hmm. talk to, but I want to hear what's working well for you now. Like We've hit some of these side projects. You know, none of them are setting the world on fire necessarily, but they've all been worth doing. You've learned a lot. But what is the bread and butter of your business now? Let's dig into that a little bit and, and hit some of those numbers, for example, mm-hmm. and, and some of the some of the lessons, maybe. Sure, sure. The bread and butter is most definitely Amazon FBA. So I finally learned to let go and hire a prep center. And I did that maybe a year and a half ago. That was a huge move. So that was big. And then I also started this year, the early part of this year, maybe in February, I hired my first VA. A week later, hired my second (laughs) and then realized, hey, why didn't I do this a long time ago? So now I have five in total and they're not all full-time. Some work, you know, more than others, especially this time of the year, but because of them, I've been able to grow. So last year in 2020, my Amazon sales were just over 
a quarter of a million. So they were about 226, 227 last year. This year, I've put significantly more of an investment into what my my product investing in inventory. And I'm looking at more closer to 500,000 this year, so half a million. And I know, you know, I have a lot of mixed feelings about those numbers because I know when I was starting, I thought, oh my gosh, if I can make a thousand dollars a month, I'll be super excited. And when you start investing more and you're able to build up, build up more and take the um, profits and put them back into the business, it, it does take a little bit of time. And I started with very little and not, I just didn't have a lot that I want to put into something or invest in something. I didn't know how it was going to go yet. I didn't trust it yet. It wasn't proven to me yet. So I started off small, but that's where I am this year. So I'm very excited. And that's that's what I'm looking at for Amazon, for FBA. I keep my margin, seems to stay steady between 30 and 40%, probably 35-ish on an average. So I'm comfortable with the margin. So that's kind of where I am with numbers. So that sounds like uh, private label products mm-hmm. primarily, your own labels is, is makes up the bulk. And you think you mentioned that earlier, you do some mm-hmm. replans, but the bulk is your own. It what is. category is your product? Is it the candles? No, I don't do anything with candles. Okay. It's holiday. It's all holiday. Uh, so it's seasonal. Mm-hmm. But year wow. round. Yeah. I mean, but obviously, quarter four, it is seasonal. It's quarter four is my big bread and butter. 75% of my year is going to come from quarter four. And that's intentional because of what I do. I do sell through the year and I do have other things I sell as well. But my private label products, they're predominantly, hmm, let's say maybe 60% are bundles of two to three items per bundle. And I learned a lot from Lisa as well. She was my first bundle queen that I had ever heard and listened to. And Lisa Larson, she goes live in our Facebook group every Tuesday. Yes, Such a sweet heart. Yeah. Since you mentioned her and she does business from her bed because her mm-hmm. health keeps her bedridden a lot of the time. She runs a thriving Amazon business. She's a coach on her team, creates great content. Yes. And uh, it, it's this community has helped her turn her life around mm-hmm. to the point where She's found something and, and she says it, it helps her feel like she's contributing. Like she contributes so much. Mm-hmm. We all benefit from it. I love when people have their Lisa success stories. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Yeah. Hard. She's just but a She taught you bundles world. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I learned and I learned a lot of that early on. I took one of her bundling courses and then just kept rolling with it. Mm-hmm. This year, I also went ahead and got, I went through and got my official trademark, went through the attorneys, did that for my brand. And I did get the brand registry rolling for Amazon. So I'm now brand registered. I honestly haven't done much with it because by the time that was approved, we were starting to roll into maybe July, August. And for me as a holiday seller, my holiday prep time. So I didn't, I haven't done a lot with it, but I'm working with, I, when I went to Tampa this year for conference, I finally went ahead and joined the coaching group. So I, I have my first coach now. And that has been fantastic. And he is helping me with building an audience, working with brand registry, how to how to take all these miscellaneous, not miscellaneous, but these tangents that I have, you know, all these multiple streams, I guess, and, and connect the dots to yes. try to link what I can. So he's really been helping me lay out goals for what I need to do after the holidays. So I'm doing a lot with them now, doing a lot that's very direct and very meaningful for Q4 right now. But I also have this long-term plan of what needs to happen once I can breathe in January. So that will involve a lot of building up the um, brand registry in Amazon. I don't even know a whole lot about it yet. All I know is I'm approved. This is what I can do, but I haven't done it yet. 
Did you did you use our hummingbird by any chance to do that the brand registry and did I did not. I didn't know anything about Hummingbird until conference. I had heard about them, but I ended gotcha. up going through, oh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's through Amazon. And okay. Their services. The, I got gotcha. you. Their services. Yeah. They're vetted. And it was a very seamless process. They really yeah. know their stuff. Sure. Had I known earlier, I would have, I would have, <laughs> but I well, just, just check. Yeah. Cause it, cause that is one of the services we offer is helping with the brand, none of the brand building, but well, all aspects of the brand building, you know, if you need design, if you need um, the, the layout, the professional pictures, or you want to get brand registered, your trademark, those kind of things, we right. do have services for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a big money maker for us. It's just something that we use the that service we provide because so many people need it. Uh, but just curious sure, if you'd used it, what your experience was. No, I mean, I didn't use them, but it can be an intimidating process. So just knowing sure. that somebody like Hummingbird and the, and the the whole idea of, you know, here are all the pieces that you've got to do. Let me help you get through it. I think it's yeah. great to have someone hold your hand and, and walk you through it. I'll stick a link in the show notes. I love that you're in our coaching program though. Mm-hmm. And, and so you were at, you, you've been to a handful of our, our live events now that I might be something you, you mentioned, you talked to, uh, you met some of your really good friends there. Mm-hmm. Talk to the people who've never been to a live event, either ours or another one. Like mm-hmm. how important is it? It sounds like those were pretty good boosts for you. Yes. I would say they were turning points. Absolutely. And I don't think that you need a requirement. How can I word it? I don't think it's necessary that you have to be the, the biggest seller on the block to go to an event. And I think that's what I was afraid of the first year. Like I'm just this little guy and this little fish in a pond. Who am I? I have nothing to offer. I'm just going to absorb what I can. And I, I almost didn't go because I really was afraid that this was going to be way too big and too many important people for me. And I found that to be absolutely 100% the opposite. Not that there were not amazing, incredible success stories in the group. And we all know there are just from listening to the podcast. But I think the fact that everyone is in this particular group, MST specific and the proven group specifically, because there are other groups out there. This group is so personable. And the idea that someone just walks up to you and says, hi, and hey, what do you do? Tell me about your business. It's, I don't recall feeling intimidated a single moment once I actually got there. I truly felt that I can walk up to anybody and just, you know, shake a hand, give a hug. I mean, people hug each other. It was wonderful. And yes, I think the the sessions and the breakouts were fantastic. I mean, yes, there's absolutely a ton of very good information, but I would say all of the networking that goes on between those sessions to the point that sometimes you're late going into the session to get your seat because you're trying to finish up a conversation. To me, that was so valuable. It was, it was great. I couldn't wait. We were going to go to Boca the year of COVID and I was already signed up for that. Of course that got put off. And then I really, really look forward to Tampa seeing people, just seeing friends, seeing, you know, people, meeting new people through the group that I wanted to now meet in conference. And Tampa was a little bit of a different setup, just as good, just a little bit different of an environment. But again, it was all those side conversations, those little, hey, you know, let's go chat in the hallway for five minutes. And that leads to 30 minutes later. And the next thing you know, you're, you've got a coach. (laughs) So it's great. It's, it's really good. I would, I would say if you're even just starting off and you, you think you want to just get to know this business and the right people go. Just go. And if you don't gain a single thing out of it, I can't say shame on you, but you might get a little vacation. But I don't know. It's just, it was so worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we get such 
such incredible feedback. The first couple of times we did these conferences and we got people from the community together, I was very, I felt like I was under a ton of pressure to really deliver incredible content. And that's what would make or break the event. And we do provide great content. You can get Absolutely. the videos in the proven Amazon course. Mm -hmm. You know, if you wait a few months, they're going to be in the proven Amazon course modules, right? He says, I don't need to go. I can get the same content. Right. But the real value of it is, as you've pointed out, and so many others have, pretty much everyone I've ever talked to about the event on this podcast, it's been, yeah, the content's great, but I know I can get the videos later. Exactly. So I, actually missed a few <laughs> sessions. I was in the hallway the whole third day, right? Mm -hmm. It's the people, this community, the relationships. And if we'd have started there 10 years ago when we started doing live events mm -hmm. and people were saying, well, it's going to be the, the relationships. It's not so much the content. I would have had my feelings hurt. Now I'm like, it's a point of pride. We build it into the schedule. Right. Just getting this group of people together there's just so much knowledge being shared and friendships being birthed. And this is why we do business is for these relationships. And I've, I've kind of grown and matured in my perspective on what these events are all about. So I appreciate hearing from you on that. And we'll get another one on the books here soon. I wish I had a date and a place for you, but with the craziness of COVID and you know, I, I, I'm optimistically thinking, I think we're on the tail end of this. I think we're going to get back to normal and be able to do these things. And our, our community really proved it. And we brought about 500 people together, kind of right in the heart of COVID. And had a great time and mm -hmm. no complications, no problems. It was beautiful. Yeah. So I think we're going to see more of that in 2022. We'll have another one coming up, but you know, stay tuned for that. Good. Well, I want to hear from you. You've shared some great numbers with us, some different business models, some of the things you're in. Did you have a, any lessons? You're a teacher. What, you know, what's the mm -hmm. lesson plan today? Like any bullet points you wanted to hit today before we started to wrap this one up? There's about 30 other questions I think I could ask you. We'll have to do a part two sometime for that, but you know, anything that you like, oh, I don't want to neglect saying this today. Um, as far as lessons, I, you know, we talked just a minute ago about the relationships and conference and I'm not sure. And sure, I've been a teacher and yes, I've, you know, I've been in the military and I've, you know, I've done a lot of things with a lot of people, but I don't know if I really ever believed truly or really put a lot of stock into how important those relationships really are when you're working in a business like ours, because you are often by yourself. And it's so easy to sit alone all day and plug away your work. But the value of those friendships and that relationships, I, I don't think they can be emphasized enough. So I would say any opportunity you have, take it, run with it, do it, pick up a phone, say hi. And there have been people even in the group, in the MST group, I have just sought them out and said, hey, can I call you? I have some questions for you. I'd love to chat, you know, or Zoom with a cup of coffee. I think it's it's super important. And a lot of us really are entrepreneurs. As far as lessons that are applicable every day, I'm an organization nut. I would say start early and figure out what systems work for you. Start to put some systems in place early, even if it's an old three-ring binder, you know, kind of put some things together early on and grow with it. And I remember someone gave me a bit of advice. When I started, I was just using an Excel spreadsheet and I was thinking, oh, maybe I should get this program or maybe I should get that program. And it was somebody in the group. I honestly don't remember who it was, made a comment and said, you know, be careful about investing in these tools and these other kind of organizational systems until you really know what you need. And then you're ready. And then you can pick and choose because there's a ton of stuff out there as far as tools. And it's really easy to say, oh, I want to, you know, I want to go buy this or I want to spend money on this. And I don't think that's necessary. Just kind of figure out what works for you first. And, you know, just trust yourself, you know, trust yourself to, I don't know, start working on your, I don't know how to say it. Just, I'm not so sure a lot of people have the confidence 
that they really, they really can't, you really can do this. You really can. You you don't have to have a degree or you don't have to be a business person or you don't have to be the most popular person in a room. You know, think about what you want, set your goals, have some confidence. It's not always easy and pick up a phone, type an email and start building those friendships. It, it really is. I love the way you kind of articulated from a from a, a different angle than what I usually do. Something that I feel like I say quite frequently, and I, I'm always looking for new creative ways to say it. But this business is, and all businesses are, mm-hmm. a leadership and relationship journey. Mm-hmm. And to the degree that you improve your ability to to lead others and to bring them into what you're doing, and you know, you mentioned you hired virtual assistants, you hire help mm-hmm. when you need it. Every business will outgrow the single individual. Mm-hmm. And that's the lesson. You've got to become a leader. If you're going to have other people who are going where you're taking them, that's called leading. Right. So you're going to, you're on a leadership journey and you're on a relationship journey. And those two worlds overlap and the rules are pretty much the same in both arenas, leadership and and taking people on, a, on this journey and growing yourself and growing those relationships. The rules are all the same. Mm-hmm. So it's your degree that you are the ceiling. And that's the observation I've made about you as we've talked. It's like, you, you can either choose to think to yourself, oh, I'm the one to write a book, you know, mm-hmm. or you say, you know what, I'm going to figure it out and go through the steps, maybe write a low content book. Now I'm an author. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to write that fiction book I've always wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Right? So bust through those walls, but you are your own limiting factor. I think John mm-hmm. Maxwell calls it like that glass ceiling of growth. You mm-hmm. can't get through it. You're your own glass ceiling. It's no one else out there holding you down. It's like, when are you going to decide to take the steps and Mm -hmm. and go through the process of leadership and relationships that get you? That's so true. I think a lot of us sometimes are our own worst enemies. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and someone taught me too a long time ago when I was still in the Air Force and I, I had the opportunity to become a commissioned officer after 14 years in. And I remember one of my first, he was a chief at the time, and he was explaining the difference even between managing and leading people. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, Vicki, you know, if you want to be a leader, you, you have to trust yourself, but you sometimes have to fake it to make it too. And I remember him telling me, you know, that people are looking up to you to help them figure out that next move. And you may not always know what that next move is. You may not always know it in your heart. You may not always know it. Just <laughs> what do I do? But it's your job to figure it out and to make sure that you kind of pass it along and help other people find that confidence in themselves. Managing, you're kind of managing all that day-to-day kind of stuff that has to be done too. And we all have to do some of that too. So I don't know. I think some of us flip-flop between the leadership piece and the management piece as well. But a lot of it comes down to faith in yourself and just building that confidence too. We can all do this. Yeah. And I love one of the aspects I love about the internet business opportunity specifically is it kind of blasts and destroys all of the possible excuses. I love destroying excuses on this show Mm -hmm. and bring me your list of 50 reasons why this will never work. And we'll destroy those plus the other 10 you haven't thought of, you know, just we'll destroy all those excuses. Like it, it doesn't matter. You mentioned your education level. It doesn't matter. Get in there, learn it, start doing it where you live, skin color, how much money you have, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't get good grades or my spouse isn't supportive. We've got people with all the challenges you have, plus 50 other you haven't thought of who are doing this. Right. That's the beauty of this community is if you look around, you're going to find someone with less opportunity than you have that's blowing by your results because they're focused in and they're working on their relationships, their leadership, mm-hmm. getting in the content, listening, studying, listening to this podcast, 
meeting some of the people in the community. Those sound like kind of simple, trite, almost like, yeah, you're just throwing that in there for filler. No, those are powerful decisions that you make. Rather than spending time on Netflix, you're watching content from one of our conferences a year ago. Mm -hmm. Those are intentional decisions that are taking you very, very direct path to the kind of success that Vicky, our guest today, has. So I love that you've pointed out these things. These aren't simple things. These are simple to explain, perhaps, but very powerful concepts that will change the trajectory of your life if you mm-hmm. do them. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Well, wait, anything else on your mind? I think this has been a great episode, personally. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, I'm just, I'm excited to see, you know, how things play out for the rest of this year. It's been an interesting year because of our COVID crisis last year and, you know, kind of a lot of what's still happening this year. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but I think a lot of people are rising above that and pressing forward with business. Um, Q4 is always exciting for everybody. So um, no, I just, I appreciate being here and I look forward to hearing the next success stories. I can't wait to hear the next podcast and it's always fun to hear. I love seeing how, how great people are doing and reaching out for help when they need it. Yeah. Beautiful. Great way to end it. And you sound like someone who needs their own podcast to me. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Not that you need anything else to do, but you know, you you really express the emotion and the message and blend it all together very well. You're just a delight to listen to. You've got such you. a great story. And there's again, we could have spent so much more time on several of these subjects. We got to have you back again. I want to hear how that book does. I want to hear how your Q4 goes. So let's get you like spring or so. Let's get you back on the show and get updated. I think. It'd be a delight to have you as a coach eventually at some point too, because you, I think people are going to listen to you and go, man, I'd love to have her kind of guide Aww. me through this process. I'd love to get you on the team if that's something that's of interest Thank to you. you. We'll, we'll talk some other time for sure. But We can chat about that. Thank yeah. you so much, Tim. I really appreciate oh. it. This has been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today. For me as well. For me as well. Okay. Well, let me talk to the listeners as we wrap this one up. Okay. Thank you for hanging out with Vicki and I today. We had a great time. I think probably you did too. I mean, you stuck around to the end, so I bet you did. But we <laughs> love doing this. We love serving this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we didn't get to see your dog. Is, is this one you can hold up? We, for those of you watching on YouTube, because I know the my when my dog comes in there, I can't lift him. He weighs about like 80 pounds. But oh, she's a little thing. <laughs> who, who's this? This is Sailor. Sailor. Oh, look, Sailor. Sailor. That's a good name for a dog in Florida. <laughs> yeah, and my husband's Navy, so it's, it's definitely a nautical kick there. But yeah, That's great. Sailor. she's my little shadow. Well, for, for Vicki and, and, and Sailor and on behalf of my team and I, just thanks for hanging out with us today. God bless all the business thank building you, warriors out there. And, and thank you to Vicki and your husband again for your service. It thank was truly you. an honor getting to know you guys today. And we'll have another great episode for you guys again in the very near future. Bye-bye. Hey, before I let you go, one last reminder about Sellix.com, S-E-L-L-I-C-S.com. They can help you analyze your pay-per-click campaigns for free with their market-leading Amazon PPC evaluation tool. Get started now by visiting Sellix.com slash silent sales. After you submit your request, you'll receive a monthly email that shows you the exact changes you should be making to achieve a lower average cost per sale spend on your ads. Plus, I want to remind you that all listeners today receive an optional bonus call with a Celix pay-per-click expert to discuss your campaigns. That's a $400 value. So start evaluating your campaigns now for free by visiting Celix.com slash silent sales. Hey, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. 
Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.